Hey, J.R., former Governor Scott Walker was back in the news last week. He says he's accepted a full-time job running a national conservative youth organization. He begins the job in 2021 and says, as a result, he won't run for office in 2022. He had been considering a run for governor or for U.S. Senate. So now that Walker is out of the way, who on the Republican side might consider running for governor in a potential challenge to Democratic Governor Tony Evers? Well, there are two things to watch. Um, first, number one, what does Ron Johnson do? Um, the senator has said that he originally planned to run for just two terms. Then he was going to you know, go to the private sector and return home to Oshkosh, but after what happened in 2018, he said he was reconsidering his calculation because, as he kind of says, he's the last man standing among statewide elected Republicans. So what's he going to do? Well, he's going to run for the Senate again. Would he possibly run for governor or, you know, stick to his original pl- plans and, and go home? So Republicans are watching that. But if Ron Johnson doesn't run for governor, um, you can expect former Senate Governor Rebecca Clayfish, um, Waukesha County Executive Paul Farrow. You know, any number of public police will kick the tires. The thing I'm watching, though, is what happens in 2020. And the reason I bring that up is we've seen for the last decade in Wisconsin, the party in power in the White House struggles in midterm elections. So, you know, Republican in the White House 2018, good year for Dems. Uh, Democrat 2014, good year in Wisconsin for Republicans. So if that pattern continues, um, you got to watch what happens in 2020 in the presidential race. If Trump wins re-election then you would think 2022 would probably be a decent year for Democrats. I mean, it's no guarantee, but that's been our pattern. Um, but if Trump loses, then you think Republicans might find it even more appealing to run in 2022 because of the possibility to be a good year for them. So that's going to influence things. I mean, you know, people like Sean Duffy, congressman from up in the Wausau area, uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher from Green Bay, uh, Kevin Nicholson ran for U.S. Senate last year and didn't win the GOP nomination. I mean, those are folks who have been mentioned as possible Senate candidates, but there's also the option to run for governor as well. So you hear a lot of names floating around, but there are a couple of dynamics to figure out first for that field really comes into focus. Also last week, the U.S. House, which is controlled by Democrats, voted down a measure to begin impeachment proceedings against Republican President Donald Trump. Congressman Ron Kind was the only one in the Wisconsin Democratic delegation to vote against the idea. Do you think this might come back to haunt him? Uh, probably not too much. Um, you know, looking at his district, it is not a really, really liberal district. It is kind of more blue-collar, rural. Western Wisconsin. Uh, Trump has been fairly popular in large pieces of the third district. So I don't know that that's going to hurt him. Uh, there may be some, <clears throat> sorry, Democrats unhappy about how he voted. But the reality is for Ron Kind in a general election, you know, he doesn't want to be seen as somebody who is to the far left of that caucus. He wants to be seen as more of a moderate Democrat. And that's how he's kind of voted throughout his career. Somebody who's been more of a kind of a blue dog or moderate Democrat. So it's Maybe watch, you know, some blowback from the, the base about that. But as far as the general election, probably not. 
Some Democratic state lawmakers last week introduced a bill that would require the Nonpartisan Legislative Reference Bureau to redraw Wisconsin's political maps in 2021. Republicans redrew the district lines in 2011, but Democratic voters filed a federal lawsuit alleging that the boundaries were unconstitutional. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled last month that gerrymandering claims don't belong in federal court. So is this bill from Democratic state lawmakers going anywhere? And who do you think will redraw Wisconsin's political districts in 2021? The first question is easy to answer. No, it's not going anywhere. Uh, Republicans are, uh, for large part, are philosophically opposed to the idea, too. You know, they've been quite successful on these maps that they drew in 2011. So why give that power up? <clears throat> so it looks like that bill won't go anywhere. Um, there are three some Republicans who have co-sponsored it, but that's not nearly enough to bring it to the floor and an actual vote. Um, as far as you can draw the lines in the next round, I mean, it's going to be a court. The question is which one. And why I say that is that, um, yes, they may go through the process of trying to introduce a bill, getting it through both houses and having the governor sign it. But the chances of Governor Evers and Republican lawmakers agreeing on the new lines are quite remote. Um, Governor Evers is one of those who said that the current lines are unfair and he has got a problem with them. Republicans say that they are more reality, a reflection of where people live in Wisconsin. They are any kind of a partisan gerrymander. So they're not looking like they're getting on the same page. So then which court will draw it? Would it be the federal courts? Or would it be the state courts? Um, that's what makes the election of Brian Hagedorn so important this spring for conservatives because it guarantees a conservative majority will be on that court in 2021, when a case could go to the state Supreme Court. Um, but they're also, you've seen challenges to lines in federal court. So it's probably going to be a race to the courts to see which side gets the court it wants to be in. I mean, the guess right now is that Republicans won the case in the state system. So the state Supreme Court is the ultimate arbiter because they feel like they have a better shot with them. And Democrats rather go to, de to the federal courts because they've seen a 300 panel, for example, overturn the... Um, uh, maps for the assembly, though that decision later was put on hold by the U.S. Supreme Court. So they think they have a better shot with the federal court. So it's just going to race the courthouse in 2021 when it's time to do these maps. It looks like we might see a veto override from the state budget that Governor Evers just signed. Republican Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald called for a veto override last week when the Evers administration said Milwaukee's streetcar could compete for $75 million in grant money. The state budget that Republicans passed included $90 million for local road projects, but Evers vetoed it down to $75 million and then shifted it to a grant program that's open to any transportation project. That would include Milwaukee's streetcar, which Republicans in the legislature have opposed. <coughs> do you think legislative leaders will schedule this override, and what do you think will happen if they do? Um, possibly, but there are a couple of nuances about how this program is set up that Republicans are glossing over in their attacks, because they see an opportunity to paint Governor Evers as favoring Milwaukee over rural Wisconsin. I think that's a, a potent attack. I mean, one, the $90 million plan that Republicans put in, this is called general purpose revenue. This is, the state has two checking accounts. One basically is for transportation. One's for things like schools, Medicaid, government operations. The Republican budget grabbed $90 million from the general fund, that one for schools and everything else, and pulled it over the transportation fund to pay for roads. So it's a supplemental spending expenditure 
Evers knocked that down. But in the original plan the Republicans had, it was divvied up that a certain pot went to towns, a certain to uh, counties, another one for villages and cities. Well, under the plan that Evers has, that $75 million, they're still divvied up by the same ratio of towns, counties, cities, and villages. So any money in the grant program for cities that Milwaukee could qualify for isn't coming from rural Wisconsin. Um, so that's an important distinction. But with the override, I mean, I don't know that they'll get anywhere with it because they don't have enough votes on their own, override the governor's veto, but it makes, it's an opportunity possibly to make some Democratic lawmakers uneasy about being painted as being pro-Milwaukee at the expense of their own districts. So it's, we'll see. Um, but Howard Markline, who is a Republican senator from southwestern Wisconsin, he wasn't that um, unhappy about the proposal that Evers put out. He noted in his release that the money going toward his towns and, and counties in his southwestern Wisconsin district won't pay for the streetcar if it qualifies. Remember, the streetcar actually have to, Milwaukee has to apply for that money and qualify first before he even gets anything. But that said, Again, it's a chance possibly for Republicans to make Democratic lawmakers from rural Wisconsin a little bit uneasy. And finally, the latest financial reports show that State Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly, who is considered part of the court's conservative wing, has outraised his two liberal-leaning opponents in the first six months of the year. Kelly is being challenged by Dane County Circuit Court Jill Carra- uh, Judge Jill Karofsky and Marquette Law School professor Ed Fallone. The election's being held next April. Kelly's campaign says it's raised more than $240,000. Karofsky has $120,000 raised, while Fallone comes in third with $73,000. So what do these numbers indicate? Uh, Good early fundraising numbers for Justice Kelly. Um, The question is, will it be enough? And why I say that is that worse we're trying to figure out Come April of 2020, will the Democratic race for the presidential nomination still be going hot and heavy? If it is, then that's a very difficult environment for Justice Kelly to seek re-election, or retention, I should say, of his seat after he was appointed in 2016 by Governor Walker, then Governor Walker. Um, if that race is over, a whole different story, right? Then we're talking normal turnout for a spring election. But go back to this past spring, uh, Brian Hagedorn, a conservative, won an upset victory for an open Supreme Court seat. He got about uh, 606,000 votes. In 2016, in the Democratic presidential race for the nomination, was so going when it came to Wisconsin, there were 1 million votes cast in that primary alone for president. It is a tall task to find another 400,000 people to vote in a spring election to help out Justice Kelly if you're a conservative. Now, you can't assume that every single voter a Democratic primary would support whoever his challenger is. But more than likely, if you're turning out to vote for a uh, Bernie Sanders or Senator Harris, I mean, uh, Senator Warren, those voters aren't going to support more likely a conservative for the state Supreme Court. So you've got a, a difficult task ahead of you, again, if that primary is still going on. And that's the thing. Um, one, Kelly can raise a whole lot of money but what environment will he face? And two, what groups will get involved? Because that could also have a big big impact on how this race looks. But keep an eye on that presidential race. If it's still going come April of next year, that's going to really have a huge impact on turnout and how things end up in that race. 